my wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm pastor to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church right here in the incredibly rainy, wet and miserable Adelaide today. I'm also your Drive Time host uh, every uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Folks, it's really wonderful uh, to be able to share with you uh, once again. Now, look, guys, I'd love you to be able to share with us where this week we are, we're talking uh, on a subject as the end game commenced uh, and we're looking at uh, at the end times. Look, if you've got some thoughts, if you've got some comments, if you've got some uh, concerns uh, about, uh, about this particular subject, if you'd like to contribute, then you can do that by texting us uh, here at our studio text number. Now, our studio text number is 04888-808-11. Put it into your mobile phone. Program it in, 04888-808-11. And uh, we'd love to be able to hear from you and uh, any thoughts that you might have. Where are we in this world's history uh, right uh, right now? Now, this week, of course, we are following that theme, Has the End Game Commenced? And today, we're actually going to be looking at the subject, Are Apocalyptic Books, Are They Intended uh, to Scare Us? Now, look, I really believe this subject is becoming increasingly uh, relevant. And, of course, uh, today, our co-host is uh, uh, Pastor David Butcher. Now, uh, David is uh, is a brilliant exponent of the of the scriptures. Uh, David is the lead pastor of the Seventh Day Adventist Church here in South Oz, and we're going to come to David in just uh, in just one moment. But it's also fantastic to have in the studio today, Pastor Jeff Yulden. Uh, now. Jeff has spent a lifetime in evangelism. Uh, Jeff, how have you enjoyed your lifetime? You've just retired a few years ago. How have you enjoyed a lifetime in evangelism? It just seems a moment that I've spent 50-odd years in ministry, uh, Gary. I've enjoyed every moment of it. Yeah, I, I can fully empathise with you, actually. I mean, I can't believe that I'm actually coming... I'm actually planning uh, retirement uh, right uh, right now. I'm just a few years behind you. But uh, goodness me, where have the years uh, actually actually gone? Now, of course, you're actually in Adelaide right, uh, right now because you're planning a series uh, that's going to be run in 2024. Now, I hope we're still here and the Lord hasn't come uh, personally. Uh, well, I actually hope the Lord has come. Uh, we'll run it. If the Lord doesn't come, we'll run it. But if he does come, we'll probably uh, lay put it, it aside. Put yes. it lay it aside. Yes. That's right, indeed. indeed. <laughs> so, look, the end, uh, it's called the end game. Just our listeners may not have uh, picked it, uh, the implications of, uh, of what you're actually doing. Tell us about the end game again. Well, obviously the end. Yep, and yep. and uh, because, I mean, we're living in a world today where people are saying to me, and I'm sure they're saying to you too, what on all the earth's going on in the world? I mean, we live in a world in which I would never have believed mm. would be like it is today. Yeah. There are just so many things. Every time we open the newspaper, there's another flood or fire or famine or war, and it goes on and on and on and on. It's, it's, it's really impacting our world, isn't it? There's no question. I mean, tomorrow morning you'll open the newspaper and I'll guarantee there's something big 
on the front page. Yeah. You know, Jeff, one of the things that I used to uh, discover was, uh, you know, throughout my ministry, I've tried to run, I really appreciate being able to run prophecy seminars. I love, you know, the teaching style rather than the preaching style where I can get some feedback. But one of the things that I found early in my ministry, I used to have to have uh, people, people would put up their hands and they'd say, hey, you know, these things that you're presenting are actually quite outlandish. Do you really think that these things can happen? But you know what? Nobody asks those questions anymore. Absolutely not. It's uh, it's quite remarkable. But look, one of the things I'm really conscious of, you've been doing some some research uh, on why it is you believe Christ's coming is far closer than what many people actually imagine. You've done research on some of the changes that are occurring in our world. Now, one of the things that I was talking to you a little while ago, and you started to talk about uh, the potential impact of artificial intelligence. Now, that really intrigued me, and I'm sure it intrigues some of our listeners as well. What did you actually discover? Well, I guess for a start, we ought to define what we're talking about, artificial intelligence, because perhaps not everybody is aware of the world in which we're living with artificial intelligence. I mean, we, we've seen it in the films Terminator and, uh, and many films like that. Um, uh, there's another one, Space Odyssey. Look, a lot of the films today have um, Indeed. reference to AI as we refer to it. So yep. every time we talk about AI, we're simply talking about artificial intelligence. That means the intelligence that man is able to build into machines often robots, robots, um, that can really challenge the work that human beings are doing. Mm. In fact, Elon Musk, who's had a tremendous amount to do with artificial intelligence, maintains that he's more frightened of artificial intelligence than he is of nuclear war. Now, Now, that's saying something, isn't it? Whoa. Because he sees the implications of this uh, in the long term. I mean, so far, artificial intelligence hasn't challenged us too much. Yeah, yeah. But we're all aware of it. I mean, we've got cameras in um, in every one of our cities. You know, you can hardly yeah. move these days yeah. without being filmed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I noticed as I drove here, we've got lots of artificial intelligence on the corners of uh, all the main roads with cameras and so forth. Yeah, indeed. And I mean, okay, it's it's programmed computers is what we're actually actually talking about yes. there. But one of the things that I suppose I'm conscious of is, you know, where is this actually taking us into the future, and how's it going to impact? Do you believe, uh, you know, from your research on maybe the Christian world? Yes, it will. There's no question that it's going to affect all of us. Right. Um, some of us may feel, oh, that's beyond me. But no, the, the results are not beyond you. Every one of us is going to, uh, to, to be involved with this. In fact, um, many people t- today are very concerned about the fact that if in uh, artificial intelligence, if it goes rogue, mm. Mm. What, what what does actually happen at that uh, at that point? Yes, it's it's beyond our understanding at the moment. Nobody really knows. Yeah, and that's yeah. why many folk today are very very frightened as they think about that intelligence that's yeah. going to yeah. uh, be greater than it is at the moment. Yeah, yeah. much greater. Yeah, yeah. So, and then of course there are many folk who are concerned about the jobs that it's probably going to take from us. Indeed. Indeed, indeed. And there are many jobs that will certainly go. I mean, we're seeing that already. Yes. 
Yes, yeah, yeah. But it will be on a much uh, bigger scale. The leaders in Russia, I noticed as I was doing a little research, maintain that whoever leads AI will rule the world mm. in the future. You know, it's actually well, what you're actually saying here is really significant because you know there are certainly, uh, I suppose, portions of prophetic scripture that I've read for years and years, and I- I've looked at them certainly in the early days of my ministry, and I- I've struggled to understand how could that actually physically take place. Yes. And yet, as I as I read those same passages of scripture today, and I won't dig into them right now because the subject's much bigger, but I look at them now and I say, hey, with the with the technology that that's actually available. I just I, I look at those uh, uh, those prophetic um, um, statements in the scriptures, and as a result, I can just simply say, "Hey, I can see how those things can be fulfilled." Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but I tell mean, us more. Well, the, the thing that makes many people feel uncomfortable today is the fact that governments are using AI. Yeah, I mean. They've got cameras everywhere. Yeah. Actually, Jeff, I'm quite interested you actually say that because I did actually have an, have an article that I did actually want to uh, talk to you. And, uh, this was, this, um, article came from the Religion News Service just, uh, just a little while ago. And it was put together by the Open Door Organization. Now, of course, this is an organization who advocates on behalf of Christians who are oppressed. Now, the article was entitled Five Tech Innovations that are being used as weapons against people of faith. Now, I found this to be an absolutely intriguing article, and I'd love to get your feedback on on this particular article. And the article starts off by saying, we are witnessing a rampant criminalization of faith enabled by the, and I suggest, the smartphones in our pockets. Now, this isn't put together by, you know, by my church. This is put together uh, by open the Open Door uh, organization. It says this, while technology has made our lives faster and more efficient, it has also uh, been used to commit a lot of crimes. Religious freedom advocates like myself can testify to this fact. Known human right abusers like China and India are closely tracking, and this, of course, leads into this IT um, IT issue, tracking citizens' social media posts and often take legal action against those who share government criticism. Saudi Arabia has deployed insidious software against its dissidents and Kakistan is experimenting with mass surveillance technology as a pathway to censoring religious minorities. Mm -hmm. Now, look, how do you, I mean, how do you respond to that sort of uh, statement? Well, none of us feel very comfortable about that at all. I I think even uh, non-Christians, atheists, agnostics would feel very, very uncomfortable about that because uh, who says that um, the minority is just some little group here or a little group there? It can be anybody. Yeah, yeah. And um, it reminds me, Gary, of um, the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. Which of course is dealing with issues. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. That, Please that, share with us we, where it says in the thirteenth chapter. Yep, that the time is going to come when no man can buy or sell save the person who has conformed. In the, the biblical language, is the to the mark of the beast and the image of the beast. But in actual fact, all that's saying is that they have conformed to the. 
well, to, to, to the could, scenario. Could, could that's we say the principles of this world? I yes. mean, because, I mean, I'm interested that you actually pick up Revelation 13 because uh, that particular chapter is one that, uh, to me, that really jumps out at me is that the number of times the word worship is actually call, is actually uh, uh, yes. uh, spoken about. You know, we get in verse four. So they worshipped the dragon. They worshipped uh, the beast. Uh, back in verse eight, uh, all of those who uh, are on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Uh, verse uh, verse 12, um, he causes all both um, both uh, uh, the, the first, but he causes the earth and those who dwell on it to worship the first. This word worship is repetitiously used in that particular chapter. And then, as you correctly point out, at the very end of that chapter, uh, you've got uh, verse 16, and he, uh, that's the one who is uh, requiring worship, uh, causes all both small and great rich and poor, slave and free, to receive a a mark that they can't buy or sell except they have a mark in their forehead or in their hand. Now, to me, as I look at that, uh, uh, that I, I sort of turn around and say, hey, look, you know, for years I've sort of wondered, well, you know, I mean, you know, what is that? You know, can that ever uh, really... Uh, in secular Australia. In secular Australia. Could it take place? Uh, well, and- the Bible says it's going to, and furthermore, we are seeing the foundation of that uh, attitude developing now. Yeah. And yeah. and AI, I believe, will be a very, very big tool that the governments will be able to use to find people or to, to persecute people who do not go along with the considered opinion of the day. Yeah, no, look, Jeff, I think you make a good point there. I mean, that's actually the point here of uh, the Open Doors organisation in this article because they sort of talk, they start, you know, innovations that are currently being used against people of faith. Now, okay, at the present time, it's happening over in China, it's happening in North Korea. We can name the place of Saudi Arabia where it's happening, but um, they're sort of saying that this technology is actually spreading. You know, they're talking here biometric identification. Fingerprints and facial scans are now being used to unlock smartphones. This information can be weaponized by those who wish to suppress ethnic and religious dissidents. China, for example, has used a DNA samples and facial recognition technology to target religious minorities. Now, what's a religious minority? Hey, you know, that's open for definition of, you know, whoever's in, uh, uh, in place. Uh, malware, advanced spyware is now capable of monitoring and recording virtually any activity on the devices it infects. Uh, phone calls, keystrokes, live video, ambient audio are all fair game for whoever has the means and motivation to deploy malware. Uh, you know, this, this list just goes on the way that current technology is being used by those who, by those who want to misuse it, who want to control society in their particular countries. Correct. It's already happening. Well, we've all seen the furor that was caused uh, by a number of um, shopping organisations, such as even Woolworths and um, the, and, and Hardware, uh, the Bunnings rather, whereby whenever you went into those 
You had your picture taken. You have your picture taken. Therefore, what they can do is if they don't want you to go there or if they want to keep an eye on what you're doing, they've got a perfect opportunity. And this Indeed. this has caused a real furor in Australia at the moment over this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, I'm amazed. You know, last time I walked in, it was before COVID, I walked into the airport. They were had facial recognition uh, technology and my passport. I had my passport with me. I scanned my passport and they looked at my face and I was I was in because my face said it was, you know, I was in. And I'm, sort of, I'm thinking, hey, well, I mean, that's all right, get in into the Australia, into Australia. I like being able to get in super fast. But, hey, uh, what if there was, uh, you know, if, if religious minorities were actually targeted? You know, I mean, I oh, look at that. So I really appreciate what it is they're actually, actually saying there, um, uh, uh, Jeff. Look, this, this really does say something to me about the program you're going to be running, though, uh, the end game. Now, in the end game, uh, which is happening in, I think, early 2024, I think, if, uh, if yes. I'm correct. Now, you're going to be covering this and other subjects. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, so you'll really dig into this. Absolutely, and many other subjects, because they have tremendous implications. For those who want to follow the Bible and understand the Bible, that's the purpose of these meetings. It's to help folk to understand and and being relevant, that is being up to date with the very issues that are going on in the world right at this very moment. Yeah. And AI is just one of them. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. And, and I really appreciate what you've shared, certainly yesterday as well. I mean, you're, t- you were talking about the, I think yesterday, uh, the huge increase in, you know, global conflict and, mm. uh, the, you know, the natural disasters. I mean, it comes under the heading these days of, uh, you know, climate change. But, uh, the reality is, is that the Bible talks about the world waxing old like a garment. And as I look at it, I turn around and say, hey, what's actually going on out there? Uh, the world is waxing. Waxing old, a like a, a like a garment. Uh, Jeff, one last point. Well, I, I'm just going to say, Gary. Today we use adjectives like the biggest, the worst, the mm. most tragic. Mm. Never seen anything like this in yeah, my indeed. lifetime. And you hear it all the time, don't These you? These are the words <laughs> that are continually being used. Yeah. So that's got to show us something. You know, we talk about one in every hundred year flood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But those 100-year floods, they're happening every second year now. That's right. So something is very different. Something is happening. Something is happening. Look, guys, uh, let's come to some music. I thank you so much, Jeff. Really appreciate having you in the the studio. Uh, This is a song the day approaches, and indeed the day is approaching. Please enjoy uh, this this piece of of music. It's so powerful. It has got a fantastic message. Uh, Please enjoy the day approaches.
Approaches. What a beautiful uh, song that is. Now, folks, more and more I'm totally convinced that uh, the day is approaching. The day is coming. Uh, the day is coming quickly. And uh, I think uh, more and more to be uh, asking the question, hey, uh, Lord, what would you have me to do is, uh, is so, so key, so important in the era in which we, in which we live. Now, folks, we do have a giveaway uh, book uh, for you today. Uh, that giveaway book is a real, it's a real beauty. This is put together by uh, Julian Archer. Um, and uh, Julian writes in a way that is very, uh, very down to earth. It's called The History of Tomorrow. This is a little paperback. It's the sort of book that you can read in an hour just, uh, just sitting down uh, on your lounge one, one evening. The History of Tomorrow. Uh, the world is struggling to try to get together their uh, their political and their economic systems increasingly though they're falling apart what's causing it is there an explanation for it look 
Julian Archer just digs into some of the really beautiful uh, biblical prophecies. And I'm going to ask uh, Pastor David in just a minute to actually dig into those, uh, the, one of those, or a few of those prophecies, um, and just look at what the scriptures do actually say. Um, but, uh, uh, but guys, look, if you want to have this in written form, we'd love to be able to give it to you. The book is uh, The History of Tomorrow. Uh, it's written by Julian Archer. If you would like uh, to have uh, this particular book in your library, uh, all you need to do is to text us at 04888 And all you need to do is uh, give us the code, and the code is SA72, SA72. Uh, just That's all you need to say. And then, yes, we've got a robot. We were talking about IT. We've got a robot, and the robot will respond uh, to you. He'll just ask a little bit of uh, information, your address uh, and your contact de- details so that uh, we can get this book to you in the fastest uh, way way possible. Uh, so that, uh, again, is the book is The History of Tomorrow, 0488 is the is the number, and SA72 uh, is the number that you simply need to quote to trigger our robot to ask those questions uh, so that we can get this book to you uh, super, uh, super fast. Uh, now, welcome. You are listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. And today, our co-host is Pastor David Butcher. Uh, David's uh, the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz. Now, welcome to you, David. We haven't even welcomed you yet. I know, Gary. I've been sitting here out in the cold listening to you and uh, and Jeff. I tell you what, that's a dangerous thing. I hear that this weekend is a very big weekend for you. Yes, it is, Gary. Yeah, we have um, our state, I guess, in the church. It's almost it's it's a governance meeting, I guess, where there are delegates nominated from uh, every congregation that come together and and talk about the business of the church, so that the missional side of the church can go forward and flourish uh, to a greater extent. Wow, wow. That, yeah, look, that's. I mean, it's a huge meeting. It's a big meeting. I know that it's the meeting where you're actually uh, reappointed. And uh, uh, David, I think it's going to be a uh, a very positive a positive outcome. Uh, at, uh, there. At least I hope it's a very you, positive are you, outcome. Are you being prophetic? We're talking about prophecy tonight, <laughs> correct? <laughs> uh, indeed, indeed. Uh, look, David, um, this week we're following the theme, Has the End Game Commenced? Now, of course, that's the... Uh, title of the series that uh, Pastor Jeff Yulden's going to be running here in a couple of years. He's preparing uh, for right now, and he's been in the studio talking to us about uh, over the last couple of uh, couple of days. Uh, but today, we're looking at the subject, you know, are apocalyptic books intended to scare? Now, look, there's actually a reason why I uh, why I ask this uh, this question. A number of years ago, I was uh, I was pastoring a church actually on the central coast of, uh, of, of New South Wales, beautiful area over there, and we want to say a really big shout out out to uh, uh, those of you who listen on the central coast because I know there's quite a few uh, but uh, I was pastoring over uh, over at that uh, that area it was right on the coast it's a, a it's a beautiful uh, spot uh, over that uh, that terrigal uh, that terrigal area and um, I actually was running a, a series on Bible prophecy and I had one of my church members say uh, come to me and say Pastor Gary I hope you don't mind if I don't come because I really find this stuff incredibly scary and confronting and I'd rather not deal with it and uh, she never did come to that uh, particular series of uh, of meetings. Now, you know, that set me thinking certainly. It's challenging, uh, isn't it? Oh, it's challenging. I mean, a person, you know, doesn't want to dig into, you know, what what to me is, well, 
certainly within the scriptures. Uh, and she says, hey, look, you know, uh, it actually, it's too confronting for me to actually deal with. Now, David, look, uh, apocalyptic books. Well, firstly, what are apocalyptic books? I mean, that's a big fancy theological term that, uh, you know, lots of people may not understand. And are they intended to scare anyway? Yeah, look, so two questions uh, you've asked there, Gary, and um, I'll endeavour to answer both, eh? The, the word apocalypse simply means a unveiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but often when we hear about the word apocalypse, I mean, there, are, there were movies that were called Apocalypse Now and all of these doomsday-type movies. Yeah. Uh, a number of them have, or books, have the terminology of apocalypse. It simply means uh, a revealing, an unveiling, if you like, and so when we talk about um, prophetic literature and prophetic books in the Bible that are apocalyptic, uh, I guess there are probably two key books that many people think of. There are more, but possibly two key ones. One is the Old Testament book of Daniel, the ancient book of Daniel written about 600 years before Christ. And the other book is the final book of uh, the Bible called uh, the Revelation of Jesus Christ or the Apocalypse of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so Really, uh, when it comes to that last book, which actually has the word apocalyptics in it, um, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, I know some people from denominations have told me that their denominations, their Christian denominations, don't teach this book. It's too scary, it's too hard to understand, and they leave it. And so you've run these sorts of programs, I have, and and many people have run these sorts of uh, Bible programs looking at these books. And when you study these books, the depth, the beauty, the assurance, the hope, the certainty that they provide is absolutely incredible. Now... How many Gospels are there in in the New Testament, Gary? I think there are four. Well, I'm sorry to say, Gary, there are at least five. Five? Because really, you think about it. That was a trick question. It was a trick question. Now, you're the host of this show, aren't you, Gary? (laughs) The the last book of the Bible is called The Revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, The word gospel means good news, right? So the book of Revelation... This last book, the unveiling or the revealing of Jesus, we might say, and maybe it's preacher's license, is the fifth gospel. Because it's about Jesus as well. The first four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are all about Jesus. Mm. Guess what? The book of Revelation and is all about revealing Jesus to a world that is in turmoil and uh, everything is erupting and, and, and exploding and falling apart. Uh, and uh, God is saying, hey... I'm, I can be revealed through all of this. I'm here and I'm in control. That's a, that's a beautiful thing, isn't it, David? You know, a revelation of Jesus Christ. How can that, you know, David, as I sort of look at my world today, I, I look at my world and I say, hey, I think it's a scary place to be. You know, you know, so many people in, I mean, and that would be the response to anyone who certainly spoke to me about this today that, you know, hey, to me, yeah, I mean, there are some things if you take them in isolation, maybe scary within the scriptures, but you know, the thing that I'm just so conscious of is that our world, in fact, uh, I think uh, the uh, Luke's gospel talks about uh, men's hearts failing them for fear. fear for the things which they see coming on the world. Mm, but then we are told, or believers are told to lift up their heads because their salvation or their redemption is drawing near. Yeah. So, so, Gary, I mean, one of the things that really um, 
perplexes me is uh, I've had some Christians tell me, listen, you shouldn't talk about Revelation with young people or the book of Daniel. It's full of beasts and scary stuff and 666 and, um, you know, Armageddon and all these horsemen and plagues and all these things. You shouldn't share that with children. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to... If you share things in isolation without context, of course. But I know many families that would allow their children to watch and to search and to play all sorts of games or view programs mm-hmm. that are full of all sorts of warped ideas yeah. and full of destruction and misery and death and chaos. They're happy for that, but they don't want them to understand and, and have revealed to them in the book of Revelation, mm. revealing Jesus. Yeah, yeah. You know, David, that's so important because I'm conscious that sometimes understanding context is so important in the, the big picture of what is actually going on. Do you know, sometimes if I, if I know that, uh, okay, there's, uh, if I know that the ship that I'm on is going to sink, then I've actually got preparation that I can make for the ship that's going to sink. And this is absolutely critical. And, and, if you know, if you knew, I mean, uh, my wife and I, Megan, we lived uh, in Adelaide previously. We're back here again. Um, bad luck, Adelaideans. Uh, but, uh, and, uh, and blessings to everyone else where we've lived previously, right? But, uh, we lived here previously in Adelaide and uh, one Saturday afternoon we went for a walk in the afternoon. We walked down the hill where we live, down the road, and, uh, to our amazement, there is flames coming out of a roof of a house. Wow. Now, they're, they're, um, you know, open wood fire or the wood burner had caught fire. And this was a, a fairly new home. And, um, you don't just sort of just walk past and think, Oh, that's, that's quite bizarre. Uh, bad luck. You actually get, get on and do something about it, right? So there was no one home. So we got straight on to the authorities and, and, um, but, but you don't just leave a place in fire. You don't just, um, if someone's facing a calamity, you don't just stay quiet. You can actually do something about it. You know, David, it's interesting that you actually say that. It reminds me of a story that actually occurred in my life. I was, uh, I was at, uh, uh, we've, uh, uh, we've got a, a church owned college. It's now Av- Av- Avondale University. And, uh, uh, I certainly attended there in my, in my younger days. Uh, but I, I returned there a number of, uh, on a number of occasions. And, uh, on one occasion, I went for a walk because uh, myself and my wife, we spent a lot of time when we were, uh, um, when we were at Avondale together, down at what's a place called the Swinging Bridge on 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 Dora Creek. Were you married at it this stage? No, we weren't actually. <laughs> so don't go ask for any more questions, please, David. But we'd spent uh, an inordinate amount of time. In fact, I remember trying to learn Greek down there. But you know, when I was down there on this occasion, I took my camera with me because I thought, hey, I I really want to be able to just take some pictures of that location. When I was down there, I heard this gigantic splash. I turned around. And somebody on the other side of the river had actually uh, forgotten to put the handbrake on their car. And here their car is floating in the middle of uh, what is called Dora Creek. And I watched and took photographs. I had my camera with me, took photographs. Uh, in fact, to this day, I've got about a dozen photographs of this uh, car finally upending like the Titanic did. And, uh, finally going under. And I know where there's a very good case. It was actually a very nice car, I might tell you. But you know, David, uh, why did that? I got talking to the people. Like, there was nobody in it, uh, thankfully. Initially, we thought there was. And once again, it was jumping to 
being able to do something about it. You know, that, that, it was a lady. Um, she had, hadn't put a handbrake on. She hadn't put it in, uh, in park. In park. Uh, and, uh, the cat just simply ran down. If she had known what was going to take place, she could have taken corrective action. And and so this is absolutely correct. You know, if, if we know something's going to happen, if we know there's a danger and we aren't prepared to share that danger so that it can be avoided, mm. um, you know, who are we? So, so, Gary, if I was to ask the average person uh, in the community, um, when you think of the last book of the Bible, Revelation, what, what, what comes to mind? Clearly there'd be a few different things such as the Mark of the Beast, 666, Armageddon, uh, plagues, four horsemen, yeah. um, these sort of spooky, weird, crazy, scary yeah. things, yeah. right? That's yeah. the image. Yeah. Lake of fire, flames, all this sort of thing. Yeah. But the very nature of the title of the book, as we've said, the revelation, the uncovering of Jesus Christ shows us that instead of these scary things, so to speak, being the central focus or the things that readily jump to our mind, the central focus of these apocalyptic books is Jesus Christ. And and Jesus is the one who's actually going to act in the history of this world. And to me, as I look at that, I say, hey, this this can't be bad news. Absolutely. And, and Right on with what you've just said. Uh, I've just turned my Bible to, to John chapter 16, verse 33. And it, Jesus is saying here, These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have trouble or tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So just exactly like you said, Gary, we live in a world that is full of trouble, perplexity, and tribulation. Yeah. And it's getting yeah. worse. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look at the fear and all of the, the mental health results, the uh, everything that is going on because of the pandemic. Now you look at inflation rising, you look at the trouble that caused, you look at the war in the Ukraine, you look at all of these sorts of things. The other week, thousands of people died in Pakistan with flooding. And, and we could go on for an hour and a half or five hours, if you yeah, like, couldn't we? Indeed, indeed. And so we're living in a world of trouble and perplexity, and people um, are scared and fearful, but the source... Uh, Paul says that all scripture is God breathed and is profitable for doctrine, for teaching and understanding, etc. Um, Revelation and the book of Daniel and some of those other apocalyptic books form part of the Bible. They're there for a reason. They're for our admonition, encouragement and our warning and, and teaching. You know, David, one of the things that I suppose I really appreciate is just how realistic the Bible is. You know, it's it's not trying to cover up, you know, so much of the reporting that we see in our world today. You'll get a partial story or you'll get a cover-up. Uh, you'll get uh, something... Uh, uh, adjusted, you know, to, to fit the politically correct uh, form of the day. Um, but what we've got in the Bible is something that is just so realistic. Uh, he, The Bible accepts and the scriptures are happy to, to say, look, this world has a problem. The world has a problem, and is it going to get uh, more difficult? Well, if I read that uh, the book, yes, it is going to get uh, more difficult, but... I'm also pre-warned. To be pre-warned, if I know what's actually coming on the world, I've got information that allows me. I mean, for example, if if 
you know, as the scriptures uh, teach that, you know, the world is growing old like a garment. Waxing old like Wax- a garment. If, in fact, the, and I believe the scripture is 100% correct then. Then what does that say about my understanding of the environmental crisis out there? You know, I have an understanding that scientists don't have. Uh, you know, it allows me to put it into perspective that, yes, I'm living in a world that is growing old like a garment. And, yes, the scriptures teach that something is going to happen. The issue is going to be resolved, but you know what? It's not going to be resolved uh, by all the plans and preparations uh, that, uh, you know, keeping uh, uh, keeping global warming to 1.5 degrees or whatever it is. It's not going to work, guys. Uh, guess what? Uh, because the scriptures are saying, hey, the world is growing old like so, a garment. So these apocalyptic books, these books that reveal uh, apocalyptic prophecy books, they reveal Jesus. They certainly have elements in them that show a degradation and, and things falling apart and trials and yeah. persecutions. But our world has them now, right? Indeed. But they're going to get worse. Exactly. Clearly they're going to get worse. Yep. But these books provide confidence, they provide context, and they provide Christ. And that, to me, is so central to everything that's in these books. David, look, let's come to some music. Uh, Really appreciate this song. This is Jason Cork, The Holy City. Uh, Please enjoy uh, this uh, this rendition. Last night I lay sleeping Came a dream so fair I stood in old Jerusalem Beside the temple there I heard the children singing And ever as they sang Methought the voice of angels From heaven and answer rang Methought the Jerusalem 
once again The scene was changed New earth there seemed to be I saw the holy city Beside the tideless sea The light of God was on the streets The gates were open wide And all who would might enter And no one was denied No need of moon or stars by night Or sun to shine by Christian faith, uh, the holy city. Uh, thank you so much, Jason, on uh, for that song. And now, folks, we do have that giveaway book again. That giveaway book is The History of Tomorrow by Julian Archer. Uh, now, everything that we've been uh, speaking about today, you can dig into this book. You'll find the whole lot uh, all there. It's in very simple form. It's not difficult. This won't frighten you. Uh, this will give you incredible hope. Uh, the book is called The History of Tomorrow. And uh, if you'd like your own copy of it, History of Tomorrow, all you need to do is to text us here, 0488 and just put in the code SA72, and SA72 will trigger our robot, yep, you'll be contacted by a robot, he'll ask you for some uh, some details so we can get the book to you in the fastest possible way, 0488 is the, the number and it's SA72 is the code that you need. Now you are listening to uh, Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary and today our co-host is Pastor David Butcher and David's the lead pastor of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in uh, South Oz and uh, this week we're following that theme, has the Endgame commenced, and today we're looking at our apocalyptic books. Are they intended to scare? David, really appreciate uh, all that you've actually shared to, to this point in time. You know, because that is give, painting a picture here of apocalyptic books being full of Jesus and hope. Uh, yes. There are scary things in there, True. but if you put them in the context of what the book is actually saying, you get Jesus. 
you get a revelation of Jesus and you get hope. Uh, just bring it all together for us. We've got about uh, about eight or nine minutes. Yeah, we need about eight or nine hours, don't we, Gary? Uh, so, look, you, you'll certainly jump in. Uh, what I love here, Jesus believed in apocalyptic prophecy. And in the book of uh, Matthew, chapter 24 and verse 15, Jesus says, and this is an apocalyptic chapter, correct? Mm, yeah. Jesus is talking about things which will be occurring prior to his coming and, and occurring in greater frequency and and also uh, extent. Uh, Matthew twenty four fifteen. Jesus says, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. So Jesus is advocating for uh, people to read the book of Daniel. Now, what relevance does a book that was written 2,600 years ago Book of Daniel, when it was written, what relevance would that have for us today? Well, are Christians facing persecution? Are Christians, and, and we touched on some of this in your World Watch segment, uh, are, are, are people unjustly treated? Mm. Do governments make laws and impose restrictions on people? Do they throw people in prison? Do Christians and others face death? Uh, are governments at times corrupt? To all of these questions at different times and in different regions of the world, the answer could be said is yes. yes yeah. So apocalyptic books have relevance not only in the writer's day, in this case the, book, the uh, author Daniel, but right through history and even right through to the end of time because apocalyptic prophecy points from the prophet's day right through to the end. So we go to Daniel chapter 1 and we have in this uh, chapter... Uh, verse 1, it says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, he was a tyrant, right? Mm. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. So this is bad news. This is God's people. They're being besieged, and we soon read they go into captivity. But in verse 2, it says, And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim king of Judah, into Nebuchadnezzar's hand. So we have this apparent picture of evil winning against God's people. Mm. Uh, but we read that God is the one that allowed it. When you go to Daniel chapter 2, there is this uh, picture of uh, a vision of an image of representing different world empires, and these were powers that oppressed to varying levels God's people. But then in uh, chapter 2 and verse 44, if I've got the right verse, it talks about a kingdom, a power that will never end. And it says, And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break into pieces and consume all the other kingdoms, and it will last forever. Mm. Apocalyptic prophecy, some scary stuff. If it's taken out of context. In context, it's good news. Why? Because as God's people, in fact, of all of humanity, we're in trouble. Yeah. We're in strife. Yeah. Yeah. And yet it appears as though evil is winning. Yeah. yeah. But God is in ultimate control. Chapter 3 of Daniel, you have this oppressive king, Nebuchadnezzar, setting up his own regime, setting up a statue. Yeah. And there is this play on the word set up, mm. which is... Are taken off of chapter 2 where God is the one that sets up. God is the one that sets down kingdoms. Mm. In chapter 3 of Daniel, this uh, apocalyptic book, God's uh, chosen faithful people, three of them stand up to face this oppressive king. They face the fear of death being thrown into a fiery furnace and they say, we will not bow down to this image even if it means death, but we trust in our God who will deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we still won't bow down. In their turmoil, in their strife, in the midst of the flames when they were thrown in, when the soldiers that threw them in the fire died themselves from the heat. Mm, wow. These three faithful Hebrew young men were not alone. Indeed. There was a fourth one in the fire. 
Uh, that's exciting, isn't it? So when we go through trouble and turmoil, we can know the prophetic books tell us, the apocalyptic book tells us we are not alone. When you go to Daniel chapter 6, there is this threat of death if you worship anyone else being thrown into the lion's den. Daniel chooses to be faithful. He, he gets thrown into the lion's yeah, den. Yeah, he gets thrown in because of his faithfulness. Now, an angel is sent, shuts the lion's mouth to protect him. So... Yes, we will have trouble, but Jesus says in Matthew sixteen thirty three, take heart, I've overcome the world. And there is trouble in this world anyway. There is trouble in this uh, world anyway. And uh, you know, David, I was I was amazed some some years ago. Um, somebody uh, actually, I I heard a pastor make a response that to me was incredibly insightful. He actually had somebody ask him a, a question. The question was, um, you know, can you tell us the meaning of all the the beasts, uh, the the mark of the beast? The tribulations, you know, the, uh, that are in the, the books of Daniel and Revelation. Can you identify them for us? And his response was actually, to me, I thought was very beautiful. He said, look, I'm happy to tell you about the beasts, but before I tell you about the beasts, I want you to understand the lamb. And uh, it was only when he had explained the lamb that suddenly the beasts actually made sense. And that is it. You take Jesus out of these apocalyptic books and all you have is uh, potentially a horror movie for people. But Jesus is the center. He's the focal point. In fact, Gary, and I know time is short. We need another hour here. If we went to Daniel 7, this apocalyptic chapter of these beasts, these crazy beasts which represent uh, evil world powers that reign the world in, in this time, in this biblical era, Daniel chapter 7 has a threefold repetition of three things. Persecution of God's people, then judgment, and then ultimately deliverance. And this is what the apocalyptic books are about, that God is in ultimate control, and we need to be faithful and committed to him. In Daniel Daniel 7, one to, verses 1 to 8, there is persecution of God's people. Mm. Verses 9 to 10, there is a judgment setting, a courtroom scene where judgment is made in favor of the saints. And then in verses 13 and 14, there is deliverance for God's people. In verse 21... There is persecution of God's people. In verse mm. 22, there is a judgment scene where God acts, justice occurs, and then God's people are delivered. They inherit the kingdom. In verse 25, the third uh, repetition, there is persecution of the saints, God's people. There is a judgment in verse 26 where, again, justice ultimately mm. is carried out. And then in verse 22, a deliverance picture. So you've got this uh, judgment offset with Deliverance. Exactly. With persecution at first. We're in a period of persecution. And we know scripture tells us it'll get worse, right? Far worse. Yeah. But justice will happen. There'll be a judgment and there'll be a deliverance. This yeah. is apocalyptic prophecy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so important when we look at this, David, to actually say, hey, look, you know, uh, where is our defense? Because if in fact I am pre-warned about what is occurring on this world, it gives me opportunity to pre, to be pre-armed. Now, our pre-arming is not not a, a matter of, you know, do I have good weapons? Do I have a good food supply? That's not going to help it's me not, out. One, not, that's not, not what we're no. talking about. What we're talking about here is spiritual preparation. It's not a, not a doomsday setting where you're prepping for doomsday. Exactly. This is, a, this is spiritual preparation uh, because in being spiritually aligned with Christ, there is hope. Gary, in, in about one and a half minutes. Um, Quickly. Revelation. 
Here is John in chapter 1. He's in isolation. He's on the island of Patmos. He's all alone. And he's separated by this sea from his church members. He's elderly. Mm. And he has this vision. Jesus comes to him in vision. When we're in trouble, Jesus is near. Jesus gives him this message to write down. In chapter 4 and 5, there is heartache. There is where we're taken to the throne room of heaven. And right there at the nerve center around the throne, throne of God, no one is found worthy to open this this record book, if you like, uh, and there is weeping, and and but then right there, there is this lamb that was slain that is found to be worthy. Jesus is there in the midst. He has conquered, and he is the one that's worthy. He, By his blood, by his death, we can be faithful through his power, and we can be delivered. And what a picture that is. Do we need to be fearful when we've got Jesus standing by our side? No, we don't. You know, to me, I love that picture that you've painted, David. To me, it is one of the most beautiful pictures that certainly uh, can come out of that book of Revelation and Daniel. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you right now. I want to say thank you for being the Almighty. God, thank you for being the one who has promised to protect. Thank you, Lord, for being the one uh, who has given us forewarning. Uh, Lord, I just pray for anyone who might be struggling right now. Uh, Lord, I just pray that you might give them peace. If they're struggling with some personal issue, I pray that you'd give them peace. Some relationship issue, I pray that you might give them peace. Uh, Lord, if there's some financial matter, I pray that you might respond. Pick you are the mighty God. We ask and we pray these things in Jesus' worthy name. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor David Butcher on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Ricardo uh, will look at a question, is there danger in the end-time religious world? This is a really important, a significant question, and uh, Pastor Ricardo is going to be digging into that question. Really look uh, forward uh, to your being with us then. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give. Isn't like the peace that the world gives, so don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.